0: Hey everybody, it's Dan. Welcome to a special Terry's Talkin' edition of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. I'm going to talk with Terry Pluto uh, about Mike Prefer, Kevin Stefanski, and everything leading up to Sunday night's Steelers game. Again, this is a special edition, Terry's Talkin' of the Orange and Brown Talk podcast. So let's get to it. Here's Terry Pluto. Okay, and here we go with Terry Pluto. Terry, how are you?
1: I'm well, Dan.
0: Okay, um, Mike Prefer, the head coach of the Cleveland Browns on Sunday. Uh, I think the easy joke here is the Browns just can't help uh, but change coaches after the regular season ends. Ouch, uh, ouch. May all your teeth
1: fall out. I'm sorry. May your tongue turn into a turtle. (laughs)
0: Look – we just heard from from coach Prefer today and we heard from Kevin Stefanski on Wednesday. I actually was really impressed with Kevin Stefanski on Wednesday, um, even yeah. though there wasn't a whole lot different. I thought he was just very calming, really put the focus on the game, put the focus on his guys. Um, I mean, just as, as as we head into this, now that we've had some distance from what happened on Tuesday and kind of the urgency of that, uh, I, I guess, how are you feeling about kind of this setup and how, how it might work on Sunday night?
1: Well, the one nice thing, and Prefer mentioned that when he was thrown into this back in 2016, what do you have, like 24 hours notice or something? Yeah, yeah. Because Mike Zimmer had emergency eye surgery, and okay, uh, Prefer, you're in there. Where this, they've probably known, when did this come out, Tuesday morning? I think so, yeah. Probably knew Monday night. So they've had time to line things up. Um, And they do have all weekend. The amazing thing about our technology now is they're locked out of the facility anyway, they're, they're going to be doing all the same stuff they would be doing with, with Kevin. So in terms of preparation, mm-hmm. because he's not ill, at least as far as we know, I'm talking about Stefanski, they're doing the same stuff they would do right up until the game itself. So the preparation will be there, but, all, but it'll be also preparation where Prefers on the inside of it, as opposed to probably that week with Minnesota, he was doing his usual special team stuff and not the big picture stuff.
0: Yeah. It, it's worth noting that, you know, Mike Prefer even said today that Kevin's handling the head coaching stuff. I mean, he was asked some head coaching questions and his answer on a lot of that stuff was, you yeah, know, I don't know, Kevin's handling that. So yeah. that's kind of the benefit of this weird year is everything's virtual. Anyway, the facility still closed as we're recording this. So Kevin is still just as involved as he would be normally.
1: Yeah. The big thing will just be the game day operation. I think, um, Although one of the fallacies are, I mean, people say, "Well, they script the first fifteen or twenty plays," but both of us have been at games where you know the other team scores on his first two possessions, you're down fourteen to three or fourteen to nothing. Yeah, uh, that may change what you want to do on place fifteen to twenty. So yeah, you could script the first drive or so, but that's where it's going to have to have everything all set, and that's where you know, and Stefanski. Remember how we used to complain about clock management? You like it went away. Oh, no.
0: well, it, you know, I the other day the Browns got the ball with I think four—I can't remember how much time. It was just over four minutes, mm-hmm. and it didn't happen. But I just immediately thought, like, okay, they're going to take this ball to halftime. Yeah, because he's done it so many times. Now it didn't work out. I think they had a sack, maybe, and an incompletion. Some stuff happened, but that's just how how good Stefanski has been with the clock, with understanding, okay, we're getting the ball with four minutes at the end of the half. And we're getting it to start the second half. So let's just, let's get this thing down to the two minute warning and then we'll go. He's just really smart about all of that stuff. And, and that's going to be where, you know, Mike Priefer is going to have to be able to step in and, and try to mimic that as much as possible.
1: And I also think too, and I, I think it mattered in that game on Sunday, Bill Callahan, not being there because Callahan is the advocate for the running game Um, and he does stand next to Stefanski quite a bit during the games and remember in fact he would always say that Stefanski would always say that you know Bill would say just you know keep at it you know keep going and that Callahan would push for his running game well he wasn't there and I thought they got away from Chubb a little bit of that yeah he said he was quote not wanting to wear Chubb out but my goodness you gotta win that game (laughs) <laughs> you got to yeah. win that game you, you know that otherwise you're saving him for opening day of 2021 right so um and that could have been something right in the middle where you know the the elder mentor bill Cahan say, coach we don't want to save nick for opening day of 2021 <laughs> <laughs> just a thought see that's the problem that i see here is that during the game itself now stefansky not there Callahan probably won't be there and i don't know who else but uh, P- Callahan's voice clearly is, is it may be a whisper but it's heard very clearly given this his position so this will be stuff they will have to work out yeah and you know the
0: other the other issue the, the only thing that worries you and we don't know if Mike Prefer can handle this or not is you might have the ball with two minutes left in the game down yeah. four points mm-hmm. and he's going to have to manage this team through that
1: yeah he and, will
0: you know, look, I'm sure they have they have guys in the booth that are gonna help him with Right.
1: That. And they have they're supposed to have all this stuff set up. Now the nice thing is this. Now let's do a couple of positive things. One is even though Callahan. apparently is not playing, not playing, not feeling very well, he's feeling well enough to do all the virtual stuff. So all they're planning and is it the immortal Michael Don? Is that who's gonna be playing left guard? They have not said yet. Okay, Mr. X left guard, whoever it is, <laughs> who's played like zero games in the NFL, whatever, whichever way they go. Uh, at least Callahan and Stefanski and all of them will be planning all that. It's not like the second snap of the game and Joe Batonio got hurt and then you had to put this guy in there. So the, one of the blessings of this is that some of these things that have hit, hit early enough that you'll be there. But during the game, there probably will be somebody gets hurt or somebody goes out. It's not anticipated. Again, that's where the uh, preparation uh, then leads to what are you going to do right now? Because we didn't see this one coming. Well, and that's, I, I
0: guess that's the thing to feel good about because this organization is. Look, we're used to chaos, right? We're used to just yeah. happens and everything just becomes a mess. And we're used to chaos. We're used to just. We're lack five of talent. Fi-
1: five fires going on at the same right. time, and, and the I other thing too, Dan, it. just flat out lack of talent. Yeah, I mean, lack of talent. And you're right. So, and lack of talent really will lead to panic for coaches. And so I'm feeling better about it than when I wrote that this is not fair, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you know, I, I forgot the line somebody said. It's like you got this brand new toy for Christmas, the playoffs. You open the box that part of it's missing. <laughs> oh, well. you know you know, you got, you got the robot that the robot that the white like swords, and he has no sword. And somebody took his head off. It's like, where is he?
0: Or he's missing both arms or something. Yeah. Like
1: something that. like that. So, uh, but I'm feeling at least now you can start to tape on some of the arms maybe before he goes into battle. Well, I, you know, look, a part of that is, and I'm saying this, I always have to, I, I feel like I
0: have to say this every time I say something like this on these pods, we're recording this on Thursday. So <laughs> who knows what's going to happen when somebody pulls this up and listens to it. But, Part yeah. of it is we haven't really gotten any bad news since Tuesday. That was that was really kind of the end of it. There, the facility was still closed as of Thursday morning, but um, we haven't heard about any new positive tests or anything. So it feels like everything is calming down. At least, I mean, again, if, as we're recording this,
1: if you're, um, I mean, the great Larry Karras, you know, the winningest college football coach ever at Mount Union and college football coach at any level. I remember one time I listened to his pep talk and this was before like a final four game. And he went out there and he was spoke for like five minutes. It was real kind of few X and O things. And, you know, let's not screw up on special teams. He was worried about that. And that was it. So, and I'm walking out with him. I'm sort of shadow I go, that's it. He goes, if they're not ready on what we prepared for now, they're not ready. He said, so we should be ready to go now. Karras also called the plays on offense, like Stefanski, and he could adapt. But in, but I remember what he would do. His friend again, Dan Montgomery was the, was the defensive coordinator, and and should did the offense, and Montgomery did the defense. And it's like Montgomery said, sometimes Karis would get upset, call him over, and goes, "Dan, they're getting behind our defensive backs. Do something about it." <laughs> but it was also his way of saying, "No, you you have this is your area," you know. Yeah. And, and it's like, so that's what hopefully you have here. You know, I'm free for my call, Joe Woods over to say, can we stop covering our own guys? <laughs> Do something about it. Stop having guys run into each other. Yeah, we, we don't need to see. Remember, Carl Joseph did a great job covering Denzel Ward on a couple of plays. I mean, oh, stop. <laughs> so that's one that, you know, we, we laugh about it. But in effect, they have to work in their own department. Or there's yeah. no chance that this is going anywhere.
0: You know, I want to talk about the the makeup of this coaching staff um, because, obviously, Mike Prefer is the guy who's going to fill in Sunday. Mm-hmm. We've talked about Bill Callahan a little bit on this. And I, I really kind of look at how Stefanski put this staff together. He obviously has those veteran guys like Prefer and Callahan. Uh, Chad O'Shea, who's been a play caller.
1: Stump uh, Mitchell. Stump Mitchell. Him. Yeah. But
0: then also what I think is really interesting is he's also got so, so he's got that veteran group that he kind of leans on. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, he's got this other group that he, it almost feels like he has this responsibility to develop these younger coaches. So he's got like Drew Petzing, um, mm-hmm. who I know he really liked in Minnesota. Uh, Callie well, you know, Brownson, who's been just... Who's been, being a the defensive,
1: line coach, um, defensive line coach? Uh, defensive line. Kiffin. Yeah, he's a younger coach. That's Lane, Lane Kiffin's son, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so, so he's, he's a younger one.
0: He's also got this layer of, like, really young coaches that it seems like he's really kind of intentionally developing. Mm-hmm. I, I just really like the makeup of this staff. I think it's a really good mix of, like, guys he can lean on, but also him sort of looking at these young coaches and saying, you know, somebody brought me along and developed me, and I'm going to do the same for you guys.
1: Well, Belichick did it here. And you look at that coaching staff at Cleveland, it's unbelievable the names and, um, that were there, seemingly non-entities then, and then went on to a lot of other things. So uh, that's correct. But this is where the old heads have to come into play. This is where you know Stump Mitchell and Joe Woods and uh, uh, well, Callahan won't be there. Uh, o- O'Shea is supposed to be there, isn't he? I think so. Yeah. And he's called plays before. So this is where those guys and frankly, prefer has been around the block quite a bit. Yeah. And John Dorsey told me straight out after they had hired him, well, one he's like, they were just, he goes, we just got a lot better special teams and he kind of laughed like <laughs> getting a lot better to Amos Jones. You know, it's like you could have a guy with a little bit of hair on top of his head and look a lot better than me. So, um, that was one, but he said, this guy has a lot of leadership ability, he thought, and he also said that he believed that uh, one day he would be, if, they, if somebody wanted to go uh, move into the special coach, a special teams area for a head coach, he would be a guy that could do it. Yeah. Well, hey, how did and that he sound to you today? What's that? How was his tenor? How did he sound to you? He sounded like he always sounds. It It honestly
0: didn't sound any different than what we've heard when he's been Remember a lot
1: of fans don't sit there say I gotta listen to the special team coaches press conference. So tell, tell them how it is.
0: I mean, he's pretty straightforward. Yeah. You know, gives, I've always thought he, he sounds like a head coach, to be honest with you, going back to last year. Mm -hmm. I always thought that this is a guy that sounds like a head coach. He talks about things like a head coach. He gives answers like a head coach. Um, he's, he's not as dry as Kevin Stefanski. He'll yeah. give up a little bit more, but you know, he knows what he's doing when he's, when he stands up there and talks, he's pretty straightforward and, you know, he'll answer the questions he wants to.
1: <laughs> yeah. So I, in that regard, so we'll just have to see, but I have to admit, I'm feeling better on Thursday about this than I did on Tuesday. And that's the blessing of something bad happening earlier in the week than happening right before. Because I do think, you know, maybe the Browns win that Jets game if they knew on Tuesday they weren't going to have four receivers as opposed yeah. to 24 hours right before. Um, it just gives you more time to try to figure some stuff out. And also just for, to get past the, the panic paralysis mode.
0: Well, and, and you know, I, I don't want to minimize Joel Batonio. I, I think no, he's, their be- he's their best offensive lineman. He's really important to what they do. Um, at the same time it is still you can cover for a left guard a little easier than you can yeah I mean Jarvis Landry is super important to everything you do on this offense right you don't have another Jarvis Landry right you can at least if you have a week to prepare understand okay Michael Dunn is um, you know a million levels below (laughs) Joel Betonio but here's how we're going to work around this and figure this out it's just
1: a shame that Hubbard got hurt because you know they really try to plan for these uh, contingencies on the line and and also you know you still have a rookie left tackle next to him that's that's the concern on that left side yeah uh, so um you know we'll have to save me you and know, run right a lot I don't know um I mean I am said like I said I'm, I'm calming down <laughs> that's the Stefanski effect I'm telling you calming down because they are preparing normally, and and as uh, a lot of people have said, too, you know, like you and I are talking, about, this is how they're they're preparing for the game, only hopefully it's a lot more organized than you and I, are, <laughs> in terms of it's all on the Zoom stuff.
0: I mean, I, I, I kind of joked it's the Stefanski effect, but, I mean, think about some previous Browns head coaches, how they might have handled this week. Right, and the <laughs> like,
1: point is, also... They,
0: you would have had quotes out there and like headlines and, and I don't know. It's just been very, it's been very calm and very well, well smooth need, since Tuesday. And
1: also see, he has earned his uh, respect with these guys. I mean, the blessing for him was they got hammered in that first game at Baltimore. Then did they went four in a row after that or three in a row. I forgot. I think it was, I think it was four in a row. Yeah. So right away, he's four and one where they haven't had any winning. So the calm, organized approach, they saw the results right away. And now they've seen that organized approach over 16 games. And what he starts telling them, is he will, that what we're gonna be planned, we will be ready to go, you know, Prefer's gonna do this and Stump's gonna take over that. And we're gonna, we have all this figured out. And I'll just keep saying, we have all this figured out. We have all this set. We're gonna prepare, we'll prepare you. You will be prepared. They'll actually start to believe it, as opposed to previous coaching staff saying that you know, you know, this guy can't get prepared to get his shoes on straight, and he expects us to, you know. Yeah. So that that's that's a good thing too, and that's what I was thinking about myself.
0: Well, and you know, it's also a little bit di- a little different on Zoom when we're talking you know, to these guys well, on Zoom.
1: It is. I mean, you, you're you're selling confidence uh, virtually. Yeah. I'm it's, not sure what that means, but just other so than it seems to be harder.
0: I, I was, I was thinking about this the other day. Um, you know, when, when we're talking to him on zoom and he doesn't want to answer a question, you know, it's pretty quick, right? You have a limited yeah. time. You get one, one or two shots. If you're sitting in the media room, you've been in there. Sometimes yeah. if a guy's not giving you the answer he wants, you kind of go back at him, go back at him again. There's, there's some back and forth It can, they can ratchet up a little, but. Yeah. Um, we'll be
1: like in the game. You know, you, here you go. You better make up your mind and, you know, and, and we're, uh, Prefer said he doesn't like having those headphones on. Well, he's going to have mine. He's going to have a lot of people in his ear, too. Yeah. That'll be a difference for him. The fantasy probably got it organized for who's in his ear when. Yeah. <laughs> it, it is funny that he doesn't
0: wear a headset. I've noticed yeah. that before, that he doesn't wear a headset on the sideline.
1: That's that Naval SEAL training. Remember, he was with the Naval Academy <laughs> and all the Special Forces. So we yeah. don't wear any stinking headsets. We just go in there.
0: <laughs> real quick before we go um Alex Van Pelt calling the plays obviously we knew that was going to happen Stefanski kind of made it official I guess on Wednesday does it does it make a difference do you think or are they going to have this pretty much hammered out like this is they should
1: have mo- they should have most Wolverine of it hammered out day. and I kind of wonder too how much um uh, we don't know exactly the mechanics on game day sometimes you know like when Brad Childress was here with uh, Pat Shermer, the second year, Childress would make the initial call, and Schumer would like overrule it if he didn't like it or not. So in other words, the initial call was coming from the offensive coordinator, even though uh, to the public it was still uh, Shermer making the call, not Childress. I wonder if some of that has been going on during the year anyway, where Van Pelt was making the initial call, and you know Kevin was was or Van Pelt was like whispering something to Kevin, and Kevin was whispering it. You know, I don't know. All I know is they got that stuff in quick. They were organized yeah. and got it in quick. However they were doing it, they need to keep doing it that way.
0: The, uh, the operation has been crisp, which, which, again, this is one of those weird things. When you watch those kind of mic'd up segments, sometimes those aren't really all that valuable. Yeah. But every now and again, you catch a little something. And there was one early in the year when I think Baker came to the sideline after a play and Stefanski went up to him and kind of praised him for some things. And one of the things he said was uh, like the operation was really good.
1: Like yeah.
0: Everything like things, things were happening on time. The pace was good, all of that stuff. So um, it's, I mean, it's I clearly focus- something they, they have been focusing on after what there happened
1: was One, to remember. Well, this is a little different thing where uh, the Joko came, but there was a pass. I think it was in. Uh, oh where yeah. Where he, where, uh, Baker hit Jarvis, he seemed to be covered, caught it, and Joku came over, I was open, I was open, but then uh, they looked and he had stumbled, and then he said, well, you had stumbled, see, but that actually was a good sign to me, because Baker was watching both, the minute Mm -hmm. he saw the Joku stumble, don't just wait to see if he gets up again, you better go to your next receiver, yeah, next receiver was Jarvis, and so there, there you go. That, that's what we need. So that they go, if number one's out there, you go to number two, you go to number three. And that's probably about all the options you can have on <laughs> any play or anything else. So I'm feeling better, Dan.
0: <laughs> right. So we'll, we'll leave it with this. The, the likelihood. So, you know, every Friday I, I send that email to you guys, right? We got to send in our picks. Oh, so man. Tuesday, I guess on a scale of one to 10, Tuesday, what was the likelihood you would have picked the Browns? And then Negative today, on three. Thursday,
1: what? Negative three. Right, so today so what? worked up to plus two. Plus two? Because I was down on them, sort That's of. That's a five-point swing. Yeah. I mean, it was like, no chance. The world's gonna end. They may not even get to Pittsburgh on time. That's where I was on <laughs> Tuesday. They might, however they're going by bus or whatever they're doing, it would get lost. Um, now I'm like, they're going to show up and they might actually play fairly well early. You know, in a lot of this, by the way, for all the talk about that, it is going to rest on Baker's shoulders. We don't need Baker throwing the ball to the other team. If he starts up with that, we're in trouble. And they all mentioned the, the uh, turnovers. And this a fascinating thing. When you read through – I use this in one of my uh, – I think my scribbles after the game where um, – after the Browns beat the Steelers, Tomlin goes, well – there was a one turnover difference in the game, and that became a touchdown, and that's how we lost. Yeah. Fairly elementary sometimes. <laughs> I, I like Mike Tomlin. <laughs> yeah, don't give the ball to the other team, or as his line would we'll say, don't be the junior varsity. He always says that when his team plays bad.
0: There, I mean, there is one other thing to remember there is another team out there on Sunday night and that defense is still great, but let's, let's not lose sight of the fact that that offense with big Ben really only played one good half in December. Yeah. So, yeah, ben is,
1: you know, Ben's up we'll and down. See. He's not what he was. Um, so we'll see. Uh, I, I'm glad about this, that it happened earlier. And, you know, you hold your breath. Like you said, could happen before Sunday, but um, I'd rather lose the head coach on Monday night or Tuesday morning than Friday night or Saturday morning. Yep.
0: Having that week to prepare is enormous. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh okay, there we go. Our special Terry's talking edition of the Orange and Brown Talk Podcast. Terry, thanks for the time. You're welcome, Dan.